Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. He auditioned with Back to Black and he was out here singing about getting his dick wet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? Well, something we've both been up to is hitting up Twitter, and we just passed 100 Twitter followers. Go us! (laughs) (laughs) Look at us. We're popular now. We're popping, as they say. Yes. So thanks to everyone who is following us on Twitter. We're having fun sending you GIFs and liking your thing. So be sure to subscribe to the show, like it, review it, tell your friends about it. Yeah, make that follower count go all the way up. Nothing can stop us. (laughs) Shout out to Remy Ma and Fat Joe. And also, I've been celebrating Women's History Month. So I've been sending these weekly emails to my office about Women's History Month. I definitely hit them with the let's talk about trans women. They they weren't ready for these emails. (laughs) You know, the, the thing I was really excited about in terms of Women's History Month, I was like, this is the perfect time for people to go watch the movie about the life of Billie Holiday. Mm. Because that woman, she went through it, but she thugged it out. (laughs) That woman, she was not letting up and she was not letting back. She let them have it. So yeah, (laughs) for those of you, I haven't seen it either, but this is what I will spend my Women's History Month doing. I will go find that movie anywhere I can get it and I will watch it. I feel like that's a great movie. Yeah, I've been looking back through like books and documentaries, ones I've seen or ones that I wanted to see to add into these emails. And I've gone back and watched the um, TED Talk by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Hey, you know, I could say yeah. half that thing just because of the Beyonce song, but I also know. the first half because I love Chimamanda. When Beyonce put it on that song, I was like, ah, because <laughs> I knew Chimamanda <laughs> would not have approved that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I because the thing is, I don't know, hilarious. like... I don't know if, if people actually followed Chimamanda before the whole like flawless remix yeah. or the, the feature, but Chimamanda is actually a feminist in the, it's it's a very Nigerian type of feminist, if, if, if that makes sense. So Nigerian culture, plain and simple, before colonization is a very feminist culture. Hmm. The women were the traders who ran the cities. Hmm. The men were just the men. The women made way more money and they would teach her daughter to be a trader. She'd go in and she was business savvy. She was the one that ran the thing. The men just held the figures and did the thing, but the women actually were the ones like doing the money. So Chimamanda is a very feminist in the terms of independent. Hmm. She's a feminist of her own volition, not as it relates to her position to a man. Meanwhile, Beyonce is a feminist as opposed to, I don't need a man. A man cannot control my decisions to do this. Chimamanda just like i don't give a fuck i'm just me doing me like who gonna tell me shit and when beyonce used that beyonce was like okay we are two brands of feminism she actually at one point called beyonce's feminism feminism light (laughs) and i was like but she's not wrong she's not wrong she's not wrong I put the We Should All Be Feminists one, which is the one sampled in Beyonce's song. It's been great. So now I have all of these movies and podcasts and shows and stuff that I want to go through and watch. So 
I'm excited. I actually, you know what? If you could just forward me some of that list, <laughs> <laughs> so I can consume that content too, that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah, you can also see all the content that I made my coworkers learn about pronouns. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Speaking of the whole pronouns thing in practice, sometimes I just slip up. It is、mm -hmm. so difficult, and every time I slip up, I have to be like, oh. I fucked up. If I'm talking about somebody in like third person and they're not even in the room,、mm -hmm. I will catch myself slipping. As for whoever I'm telling, I'm like, I have to correct myself. It is hard in practice. Yeah, I'm still at the stage where I'm trying actively to practice it, but practicing it is mostly like saying it wrong, apologizing, fixing it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I I think that is road to progress, and I'm sure it's still offensive to people who are. Misgendered with those pronouns, but the intention isn't to do harm, and I think、right. that's part of the learning curve. People will not get it right; they will stumble as they're trying to get it right. The toughest <laughs> one was I knew someone who, when I first met the person, they went by she/her pronouns, and a few years after that time, they switched to they/them pronouns. But、yeah. I had been working with the person for so long. <laughs> <laughs> and and using a different set, well, I messed that one up every single time. Luckily, they were、yeah. a very patient person. <laughs> I remember one of the trans people that I know. She after she transitioned, <laughs> she came out on Facebook and like explained everything, like very actually、mm -hmm. really brilliant. I was like, this is so fucking educational for your friends. This is so nice. She didn't have to. She did not have to. Like people just need to do their own due diligence to figure shit out. But、mm -hmm. she was so nice that she like gave everybody like the correct platform. This is what you call me. This is how. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe it. People in the comments were like, "We're proud of you, comma use that person's birth name." No. <laughs> The wrong. I was like, you guys are missing the fucking、no! point. Like you are completely. And in those comments, were when they're congratulating her for being her true self, they were like misgendering the whole comments all the、right. way down. And I was like, how are you guys missing this point? How are you missing it? <laughs> There was actually lots of good stuff that came out when Elliot Page came out as a trans、mm. man. You know, he made the announcement that he was going by Elliot. He was. Formerly called Ellen Page, right? And there are actually a lot of media outlets that posted things like, "This is how you talk about it in the media. This is how you、right. correctly gender people." That was actually cool to see. You know what I've started doing though? If I'm not sure, I just use they them. And yeah, <laughs> in my mind, I've justified that they them is a catchall. There is、mm -hmm. nobody who should be offended by a they them. Yeah. <laughs> And then if that person, you know, specifically tells me, oh, this is, and then I can switch to that. But do you realize how difficult it is? Because if I'm using they them for third person singular, it doesn't sound right <laughs> grammatically. You know what I mean? But. It like this is the evolution of language. It has to、mm -hmm. sound right grammatically for it to be like we have to change that. After our last episode, I received a text from a good friend who was listening to our show, which started with "I don't mean to alarm you," which is oh boy, probably the most <laughs> alarming way to start a text message. <laughs> oh, so she says,、uh, "I don't mean to alarm you, but." Um, so this was in reference to me talking about my birthday last time,、uh, but、mm -hmm. I also just turned twenty nine, and I have not gone through my Saturn return yet. So you may not、no. have either. <laughs> so、oh、I was like, one.、God. Are you serious? Like one more <laughs> fucking thing. Like I still have Saturn to deal with. Like yay. I... I also do too. That's what that means. No. 
Oh, you know what's oh. annoying about that? Like handling one more thing that's an inconvenience. Or I'm at capacity right now. <laughs> one more thing will break this camel's back. Like oh my Saturn, God. you better be nice to us because we're Please. just trying to make it on through. <laughs> like don't bring your shit. <laughs> we Have can't mercy. take it. We can't handle it. Please. Oh no. Damn. <laughs> Ain't that some shit? Oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> I am alarmed, unfortunately. Well, hopefully the, the end of it comes quick and nothing happens and we can just yes. keep it stepping because... <laughs> oh, good vibes, good vibes. But now I know there's like like calculators and stuff, so uh, we can have a Saturn return. Like, we survived Saturn party once we finish yes. it. Yes, can we please? And I hope like everything has to be great before then. I Imagine having your Saturn's return. You don't have to imagine it because you're living it right now. Your Saturn's return <laughs> happening in a fucking panoramic, <laughs> in a fucking Panasonic. This is prime time for shit to go wrong. Like a lot of things can go oh wrong. Oh my so god! Like, Saturn's just like rubbing its hands together, like, Ooh, I'm gonna get her. <laughs> god, I hope not. I, oh we're laughing god. about this, but this is not a laughing matter. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> So I did start one of the podcasts off of this like Women's History Month list that I was putting together, mm. which is called Mothers of Invention. Oh, cool. So it's, I, I partially listened to it because it's both a women's podcast and very relevant to my job, which is in renewable energy. So it's a podcast where they talk about climate change and climate justice and highlight women who are fighting climate change. Um, oh. So it's hosted by Maeve Higgins, who's a comedian writer and Mary Robinson, who was the first female president of Ireland. Uh, <laughs> she better work. <laughs> so random. But it has really good content, and it also has Irish accents, which counts for way more than I feel like it should. <laughs> but they both have Irish accents. <laughs> it just makes it so much better. I would need to check this out. I mean, I know the bare minimum about climate change, and <laughs> I feel like we all need to do our part to learn more. I was also reminded, I had heard of this before, but it was brought back to me, which I really appreciated, which is the last blockbuster. There is still a blockbuster store open. More importantly, they have a Twitter account. So somehow I don't know exactly how it works, but the store is like, it is a blockbuster. It's blockbuster branding, but it's not affiliated with blockbuster corporate, which I don't know how that works or if Blockbuster Corporate even exists anymore? I don't know. I, I thought they dissolved the whole thing after they filed for bankruptcy. Did they file for I think they did. Probably. I'm not sure. I'd be surprised wow. if they didn't. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this blockbuster is still, uh, I guess, not going strong, but it's still going. They're, <laughs> not they're, strong, but it is ticking. But it is going. I was laughing. They did an interview with them. And one of the ways they're making money is that you can rent it as an Airbnb. For nostalgia reasons, you can, <laughs> you can rent out the blockbuster. This. this is a great idea. This is a fucking great idea. <laughs> Whoever runs that blockbuster store is a genius. They have figured out a way to capitalize <laughs> on the nostalgia i would go there just to check it out they should make it a museum too because oh my god honestly, a museum <laughs> that would everybody be everybody who remembers blockbuster will flock there just to find out where is it do you know where it is it's in oregon if i remember right in bend oregon oh, i think that's not close to me no oh. <laughs> which is rude <laughs> i would totally go check it out if it were closer you should check out their twitter at lone blockbuster there's a bunch of good tweets i'll just read my favorite which is fuck it you don't have to rewind anymore <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, they're not them roasting their entire form of business model. Yeah, what have I been up to? I actually started using Twitter. I just made an account. I have, as of before this episode started, nine followers. Nine. <laughs> that is, <laughs> look at my growth, people. And I can't figure out how to use Twitter for my life. It's fun. But I, I made a mistake this morning. I misspelled um, Dionne Warwick's name. And I was looking for the edit button. I was like, <laughs> this interface is terrible. Where is the fucking edit button? And you had to tell me. You yeah. were like, uh, there actually isn't one. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Twitter doesn't let you edit your fucking tweets? They Who the fuck do they think they are? I can't tell you how many tweets that I've tweeted it, reread it, immediately deleted it, and retweeted it because I had a typo. <laughs> it's not. I was like, it's why? so irritating. Why? That was rough. I was like, okay. But it is fun, though. I was wilding out here, like, giving all these <laughs> hot take opinions with my nine followers. <laughs> Better watch out. Using <laughs> Might be down to eight next time you check. <laughs> the other thing that I did this week was I rediscovered the Blonde album from Frank Ocean. And that's a good album. That is, is a good album. The funny thing is that album grew on me. The first time mm. I heard it, I was like, did he slack off on this album? <laughs> because I was comparing it to like Chanel Orange or his previous EPs that had Swim Good and Novocaine. It felt like the Blonde album was more mellow, and I was expecting him to pack it full of all sorts of highs and lows and highs and lows, but it was just a steady stream of lows. But after listening to the album twice, I was like, oh, I get it. This is not supposed to be a Channel Orange. He actually intentionally did that, and the vibe he was going for, he nailed it on the head. That vibe he was going for is what Beyonce tried to go for on the song Superpower on her five album, mm. which is my least favorite. She actually featured him on that song. It's my least favorite song from that album mm. because I don't <laughs> think Beyonce at that point had fully gotten the hang of that vibe. Mm. But she, she's figured, yeah. she's since figured it out and it's great now. But shout out to Frank Ocean. For those of you who have not listened to the Blonde album, go listen to it. One of my favorite songs on that album is called Godspeed. It's a sad, mellow song, but it's a, it's beautifully crafted. I can listen to that song and fall asleep to it every night. It's great. The topic we'll be discussing today is high school. So. <laughs> oh, high school. <laughs> a fucking mess. Where do we begin? I mean, to say that high school was a traumatic experience is an understatement because almost nobody I know has fond memories of it. Like, <laughs> honestly, honestly. fucking trauma. It, it was just trauma city. Oh, my God. <laughs> trauma city. No, really, it was. And, like, which begs the question, why do movies portray high school as a great time? And what evidence do they have to support this? I don't know. It's, it's not a great time. Like, it really isn't. I definitely wasn't having fun in high school, for sure. <laughs> Fact. And I just felt as though high school was just, it was like the, you know how when you're growing up, you're kind of waiting for your life to start. You're like, okay, after I get through this, I, we were all like in that phase where we're like, okay, this is not fun. But like, if we get through this, our lives will finally start. I've been out for many, many, many years. Has my life begun? <laughs> I don't feel like it. I really don't. And back then in high school, I had really strict parents. So I wasn't allowed to hang out with anybody anywhere, anytime. I also wasn't allowed to have friends over, 
which is hilarious. I think this is hilarious because my parents criticize me for being a recluse and they ask me, how come you don't have any friends? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is directly your fault. <laughs> you are the reason I don't have any friends. <laughs> like, and they're literally like, and with a straight face too, like my mom would be like, how come you don't have any friends? I was like, excuse me? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you are the reason. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, high school was a rough time for me. So I had what was then undiagnosed bipolar disorder and was in like very, very heavy denial about being bisexual, like trying real hard to believe that I was straight. <laughs> so like to say that oh I was God. going through it is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, this is having to deal with high school is a mess. Add those on top, mama. <laughs> it's a miracle that you made it to. And I'm laughing, but it's really not funny because, wow, the trauma. Yeah, it's funny now. I mean, trauma is funny. I, know, I think I'm hilarious because of trauma. That's just, it's a cause and direct effect. My parents were actually not strict at all. I lived with my mom in high school because so my parents were divorced. And she was very sort of laissez-faire about things, but I didn't really have friends or any desire to go anywhere or do anything. So I, didn't, I did nothing with that freedom. I did nothing. My sister had much yeah. more fun with it. I just... I was just trying to make it through. You you just touched on this, but like, were you part of any friend groups or cliques? Because I keep thinking of the scene in Mean Girls where they go, these are the JV jocks, the varsity jocks, the freshmen, the unfriendly black hotties, and the sexually active band. <laughs> the sexually <laughs> active band. And like, and they were so, with that, those descriptions, they were absolutely accurate. So I moved to the United States and then went to ninth grade. So the kids who were in the school system from elementary and middle school had already formed their friend groups mm -hmm. by the time I got there in ninth grade. And I was having a hard time like breaking into any friend circle. Plus, not to mention that I'm already like, pretty reserved. I'm not. I can be outgoing now because I've learned kind of how to move through a room. But back then I was like, I don't know how to introduce myself to someone. I had to sit with the kids who were misfits. Which, by the way, that's no shade because I am one of them. They were the most interesting kids in school, period, to say that. They had very right. different experiences and they, they were way cooler. And I don't know why nobody else saw how cool they were, but I sat with the misfits. Because it's high school. Like, everything's just, like, upside down. <laughs> like, what? It's so backwards. The most popular kids in high school are the vapid, stupid kids or just mm -hmm. the rich kids. The actual intelligent cool people in high school are not cool in high school. Right. <laughs> Wild. Wild. I wasn't an unfriendly black hottie. I was not a hottie. I was black. And I I don't know if I was unfriendly though. I, I would I would like to think that if somebody wanted to be my friend, I didn't have the luxury of being like, don't be my friend. I'm like, yes, please. Anybody who wants to talk to me. Yes. This way, please. That's why they wouldn't accept you in the unfriendly black hottie. Like... <laughs> Yeah, my high school was weird. So it was, first of all, really small, like maybe 200 students that like in grades nine through 12. And that might even be wow. like overestimating it. So there just like weren't enough of us to really like effectively form cliques. Uh, we also oh, didn't see. have I sports. <laughs> it was. Are you serious? <laughs> it was an arts slash classical high school, also known as we didn't have money for sports. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how is a public school district system not funded for sports? 
Oh my god. That's wild to me. It's, yeah, that whole school district was wild. <laughs> yeah, I don't pretend to understand it. <laughs> I just know we didn't have sports. My, my high school was like, what, actually, I think it still is my high school's district. Paramount High School in Los Angeles, the first high school that I went to. That high school, I still think their school district is still the biggest in the country. Wow. By far. That school was huge. I think we had like something like 1,400 kids. <gasps> On, we had two campuses two oh on God. one campus we had over two i was like i could not there even if i tried to meet a new person each day for the four years i was there i would not know everybody in that school oh my god That's yeah wild. it was it was huge ours was tiny and like most of the people in my grade so like the school was technically a middle through high school so it was like sixth through twelfth grade so most people started there in sixth grade and were there the whole time so everyone knew everyone but the group of people i hung out with most were the people who were in ap and advanced level classes just because we were in the same classes and those same people were the people who were in every single extracurricular because we were all trying to get out of there and go to college. <laughs> Isn't that the game? Yep. <laughs> so we were just there, you know, spending all of our time together to put 10 things on our college applications. We have to have an episode on, on college applications solely. Oh and God. <laughs> that was a struggle. And I don't I don't know if it's changed since then. I think it's mostly still the same. It's still a struggle, no matter how you slice it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, that, that'll make sense. The friends that you make are the ones that are all in the same, like, let's get the fuck out of here, please. Yep, those, those were the people I uh, identified with most, but I don't keep in contact with any of them or uh, literally anyone from high school. There's not a single person from my high school I still talk to. Like, there's, there's a few people who, like, if they reached out to me, it would be nice to hear from them, but I'm never going to reach out. I'd be perfectly happy to never talk to anyone from my high school again. I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I, I remember after I left high school, maybe two people tried to contact me, <laughs> and I was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to say to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there weren't enough people to really divide things up. I dated two different people in high school and both of them were sort of goth. <laughs> so I like, I yeah, I know. I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, I did yeah. not know this. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So both boyfriends were like full on like the, the fucking pants with the chains and the... Oh, just, my like, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, just choices, man. Choices. Choices. There are choices, and then there are choices. And the guys I dated in high school, those were choices. Cho <laughs> I, I can't say it any other way. My sense of style is fucking great. And when I remember the shit that I was wearing in high school, I was like, why did I do that? What was the reason? I went through this phase where all I wore were chocolate-colored t-shirts and three-quarters baggy shorts oh no <laughs> no so let me tell you something i don't know why i did that i thought that was the look i thought i was serving imagine me you know the color of my skin mm -hmm. why was i wearing a chocolate colored t-shirt why 
I mean, I, I wasn't going to say that you are chocolate colored, but... Like. Exactly. It was like those pictures, I'm glad they don't exist because I don't talk to anybody from high school and I don't even know where those photos are. But I just remember, wow, I made those choices. And those shorts, those three... That was a mess. I'm so glad we're over that. But yeah, no, but oh, go, the goth thing though is a whole nother commitment level. Oof. But I was like not committed. So I, I had like goth light. Like I just got like, <laughs> got I just light. got like three like band t-shirts from Hot Topic and some eyeliner and called it a day. <laughs> I wonder, I kind of want to meet them now and see how's that commitment going? Like yeah. even the goth kids. <laughs> Is that similar to emo scene? I like I- there was an emo scene and they were the most annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say that level of existential dread in high school <laughs> was just pretentious. You're 13 or 14. There is nothing that makes this necessary. You have not. Look at me just diminishing somebody's trauma. Like, I'm problematic. Cancel me. But honestly, those people who were really going through it did not do the most. It was those kids who did not go through a pinch who were like, (laughs) it's like, okay, chill. But then I also hung out with the like artsy kids because like mm. I did drama and dance and orchestra because it, like, but like, again, it was an arts really? high school with no, yeah, I did. Oh, I did all the, I was like, why, why did you do so much? I guess trying to get the fuck out, but like, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I did everything. Like anything they would let me do. I did. It was the most. Yeah. In my senior year of high school, the drama club did Guys and Dolls. I don't know if you know the musical Guys and Dolls. I've heard it's, of the title, but I don't know what it is. I mean, it's basic. It's not like, <laughs> it's nothing earth shattering. It's like a, it's about, I think it's supposed to be set in like the 40s or 50s. And it's about like, I don't know, gambling and relationships and such and such. It was only funny because the drama club was pretty much all women. Like none of the guys wanted to be in the drama club because it's high school and guys are, (laughs) you know, insecure about their masculinity. So there's all these male roles in this, like it's mostly male roles, but we had the two top male roles were played by men. And then all of the rest of them were played by women. The role I was playing was like a pretty major role and it was supposed to be played by a man. And there's this duet that me and a friend of mine who is also a woman sing (laughs) in this musical that's called The Guy's Only Doing It For Some Doll, which is talking about how like, (laughs) these men are, they're just doing all this stupid stuff to impress women. Like, look at these suckers, (laughs) except it like didn't make any sense because it was women singing. It made no sense. I don't know who chose that musical. That was a poor choice. Shout out to your high school for being so forward thinking to just be like, we're not going to scrap this. We're just going to make the women do it. So shout out to your high school. They were way ahead of the curve in gender roles and stuff. Good for your high school. Let's talk about high school lunch. Oh my God. (laughs) Because I remember vividly right now as I'm talking to you, what that tasted like. This is how burned into the trauma. Mama, see, that pizza, it was hard and dry. And that rice had only one spice, I swear. And I don't even know what that spice is. Like, (laughs) the rice was terrible. It was just, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, my God. And the thing that, like, I used to hate standing in line for school lunch. I can't be spending my time standing in line just to eat this cardboard. (laughs) To eat the cardboard. 
<laughs> I hated it so much. But anyway, I don't know how school lunch was for you, but oof. The same. The same. Like I can picture I can picture that dry pizza. And I guarantee you, like, if I could transmit that, pe- like, picture to you, like, it would be the same dry pizza. <laughs> it was a nationwide rollout. They really let us have it. Everything was beige. It was like every single thing was beige. Did you have the milk in a bag? Did you ever have No. That? Are you serious? No, we had we had the milk in a, we had those miniature carton milk. Right. Things. Which is a normal container for milk. You yeah. had them in the bags? It was so weird. I don't, I genuinely don't know what this was. It was like a, literally like a plastic bag and it sat like, like a beanbag size and it like laid on the tray and you just stabbed the top of it with a straw. It was milk in a bag. That's how you guys drank the milk? Wow. <laughs> yes. Why? I can't believe it. That was unnecessary. Was they didn't so... need to do that to you guys. That was ooh. that one puzzles me to this day. I will say this. I don't know if high school food has changed significantly, but the first high school I went to in LA, they had like a whole a lot of Mexican theme, but they had none of the flavor. <laughs> Everything was like drenched in lard. I swear oh, to God. you. Everything was fat galore. It mm. was just yeah. a whole bowl of oil. And I remember thinking, this just doesn't feel right. I feel like there's too much of this. Yep. Like, why? The mashed potatoes were brittle. Christy, brittle? The mashed potatoes were so brittle. Not You'd brittle. like poke it with a thing and there would be a crack to just go right down the thing. They I was would like, though. I know what you mean. <laughs> it was so brittle. I could, everything they served us was absolute trash. Oh my gosh. The only thing we could get away with, because I feel like they got fresh fruit from a farm that was mm. close enough because it was Los Angeles. The apples were good. Mm. So like people would rush and like grab all the apples out of the way first. So like <laughs> if you really wanted an apple, you had to be there like right at the beginning. And I hated running to like lunch. I thought mm. I was too cool for that. But trying to run to the start of the school lunch line with three bags, I wasn't doing that. I would just wait and I would find whichever line had the fewest people and I just go there because it just mm-hmm. was less work for me. All the food wasn't great. Right. The shortest line was the bottom of the barrel. That was just, you were going <laughs> to eat garbage that day. That was it. Yeah, I started bringing my lunch the last two years of high school because it was just so bad. And in retrospect, I'm not sure why my mom let me do that because we were on reduced lunch. So I got school lunch for like 50 cents. So it must have been so bad that it justified like actually spending real money on packing lunch. <laughs> I used to, and this is what I started doing too, right? I could not stand the school lunch, but my mom would always buy me snacks but those Mm. snacks was because i had to do after school practice for track and field so she'd buy me the gatorade and like a the whatever quick snacks i can eat between like the last period and track and field like a pringles takeaway can or whatever that and i would just eat that as my regular lunch and just starve Mm. at practice because (laughs) i could not stand the thing and we can talk about the thing where if you walked into school with a gatorade bottle people would just start asking you for a sip i'm like (laughs) No, <laughs> like, or if you walk in with a pack of gum, oh my god, like god you forbid. could not open a pack of gum, it would be like a banshee call, everybody would be right in front of you instantly. <laughs> like, excuse you. I, I don't know if you remember the um the trident gum that came in, like, it, was, it wasn't individually wrapped, it came in like a tablet form, you had to push it out. Mm-hmm. Them motherfuckers were loud. Like, I couldn't mm. hide that that was the kind. Like, as soon as you opened it, the mm-hmm. everybody would know what that was. Yeah. So what I would do is to, I would take the trident in my backpack 
and like kind of slowly <laughs> pop it out of the case it was in and slowly bring it up to my mouth so nobody would notice and just slap it in there. <laughs> I was going to say, what was your favorite school lunch? But we've just established that. I genuinely could not remember liking any of the school lunches. Like, I'm sure some of them were less bad, but I don't ever remember liking one of them. Instead, I wrote my favorite school lunch memory, which was one time in high school where these two girls got into a fight at lunch and one of them took the lunch tray and smacked the other girl across the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> no that was amazing no. <laughs> just full across the face she it got really... wiped out with a tray with and a those tray. trays used to be metal oh okay, okay. this wow. one was plastic <laughs> luckily okay oh, good the ones that we had in my high school were metal and i was like oh my god oh Ooh. my god i can imagine that would be an assault charge that, that person yeah. is oh, going yeah, to yeah. juvie jail <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, one of the most entertaining things, even till today, when there is a rowdy fight happening, I don't like being in like the blast radius because if somebody yeah. throws a punch the wrong way, you'd get clipped. But I would stay far enough away, but make sure I had a good sight because yeah. I love a good messy drama. I would run to the scene and be like, this is what my entertainment for today is going to be. Oh man, and high school was pre-Snapchat, so. None of the World Star videos came out when we were in high school, I don't think. I think that was after. World Star. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, th those fights were lit. And the oh, fights in my school, I feel like some schools, their fight would be not really a fight. It'd be just like, what do you call the, the dog paddle fights? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't right. like you know how they move they move they just mm -hmm. move their wrists and they, they just they flap their palms yeah no the fights in my school they were going yep. for the jugular <laughs> they meant to do damage yeah and those were i i was like yes get them did you attend of any of your school dances i definitely did i feel like i avoided it when possible <laughs> Which ones but. did you go? Sadie Hawkins, Homecoming, Winter Formal, Spring Formal, Prom? <laughs> um, Sadie Hawkins, I'm pretty sure. I have some vague memory of, this is maybe middle school, but like having crushes on boys like a foot shorter than me and being very obsessed <laughs> with them and very excited to ask them to the Sadie Hawkins dance. But I remember Winter Formal. So my senior year, I went to Winter Formal with one of my friends, <laughs> one of my female friends. And it was like, the amount of denial I was in was amazing. It was like, we're just going to the dance together as friends. And she just brought me a corsage. And we just made sure that our dresses were matching. And we just start taking pictures <laughs> like a couple. But we're definitely straight. And there's definitely just friends. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Oh, my but God. But it's not like I was telling other people like that. Like, I was trying to make myself believe that. Which is just laughable. <laughs> So some of the stuff that we did to like hide sexuality, I think about it now and I'm like, we crawled so the kids today could fly. Mm. They are. I see them today and I'm so proud of them. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't even have to pretend to care what somebody thinks. Yeah. You don't even have to be in self-denial. There is, you have a clear path to just being yourself. I love it. Yes. I'm sure there's still some barriers that could be crossed in another 10 years. It's going to be even better. But I'm so happy to see the kids these days. They don't give a fuck. Yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's so good. I didn't go to any of these. Like I said, my parents were strict. I, I wasn't out of the house past like 7 p.m. when I got home from track practice. But mm -hmm. also, I had nobody to ask. Yeah, I went to as few as possible. I did go to prom my senior year. I had to be forced to go to prom. I like kicked and screamed. <laughs> 
my mom was like you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life if you don't go to prom i was like genuinely don't think that's true but (laughs) and my boyfriend refused to go with me to prom because he was one of those like fuck the man i'm not going to some mainstream school again choices i really made some choices so he refused to go with me to prom I went with another friend of mine who was actually just a friend who was also pretty much being forced to go. And we had not a very good time. Not even like a bad time, which would have been memorable. It was just like... Oh, it was very... We were just there. (laughs) We were like, okay. Yeah, like, okay. I would not have regretted missing this. (laughs) The only like notable thing that happened was I had this dress that was sort of fitted down my legs, but it had slits up the side. And my mom, which was sort of out of character for her, she was not a prude, but she like saw them and decided they went too far up my leg. So she like tried to sew them, (laughs) sew them together, (laughs) but it made the dress too tight around my legs. So no, it ripped. Opposite effect. It ripped. And then it was even <laughs> further up my leg than it was before. Oh my God. I was out there. <laughs> so that's my, my memory of prom. Uh, a busted dress <laughs> and nothing memorable. Yeah. yeah I, a lot of the kids, everybody was so excited about prom. People were like, go dress shopping. Not even weeks, months before prom. They'd, you know, they'd get the party bus, the limousine and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you guys spending all this money and doing all this effort? Yeah. And I think the, I think it's just drilled into people's head. Like high school is supposed to, you're supposed to remember high school fondly as the time of your life. Yeah. I'm like, if that's the case, I hope you die right after high school because <laughs> like you have, a, you know what I mean? I'm not like praying for people to die. But the point that I'm making is like, if the highlight of your life is high school, you have so many more years mm-hmm. to just be miserable and just remember that, oh, the best is behind. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite class in high school? I was having trouble remembering this because I eventually in college majored in science, but we did not have hardly any science classes in my school. So it was probably honestly dance classes. So growing up, I actually did ballet, like pretty seriously starting at age like five, several hours a week, like several shows a year was very serious about ballet. And I quit ballet in ninth grade, and then did like dance as a class in high school the whole time I was there. That was a lot more fun than ballet. Ballet is like extremely restrictive. And we did, you know, the exact same ballet every year, did the Nutcracker every Christmas. So it was fun to do a dance class that was a lot more creative. And I I thought you were going to say like an actual science subject or like, a yeah, I'm glad your your, um, favorite class in high school was actually fun. (laughs) Because you know what I mean? It was actually Mm -hmm. enjoyable. It wasn't like, yeah, my favorite class in high school. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say that I liked the class so much in terms of the subject matter. It's just I thought the teachers that taught them were cool. Mm, yeah. So ninth grade biology, Miss Anktel. Shout out to Miss Anktel, Miss Gwen Anktel. She was a boss. She was so <laughs> cool to me. I think 10th and 11th grade, I had Mr. Teeples who taught <laughs> honors in AP chemistry. Mm. Mr. Teeples was a boss and he was hilarious. He's one of those teachers that... If you hated chemistry, you couldn't hate chemistry in his class because <laughs> he would he was he would do all the um, cool experiments and demo everything for you. Mm. Like he knew his audience. He knew what the kids were into. So he tell yeah. and he he was one of those people who like his sense of humor was very those dad joke puns that are so <laughs> bad, but they're good. Yeah. And he knows too. He knows like he's not trying to be cool about it. He knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. 
And I thought he was just so clever. He was, and I would ask him. I remember one of the uh, questions that I asked him. We he was talking about um, fission and fusion nuclear reactions, mm-hmm. and he was teaching us and he was telling us about the history and how it was applied to make the bombs mm-hmm. in the Second World War. And I I I was so naive and stupid. I remember I asked him. I said, if we knew that all of these things had such detrimental effects like they were just awful things in human history why did we spend the time and effort to research them <laughs> and why did we bring them to fruition to right. and he looked at me and like this is when i realized that this this man understood my confusion about this he mm-hmm. said they weren't done with the sole intention of being of being used nefariously they just happened to have been used nefariously but a lot of fission and fusion reactions are used to generate power and electricity. Mm-hmm. So all that research that was done, yes, there was a very bad thing that happened that came out of it, but there's also a lot of good and that's why we do research. And that moment I was like, like I got it as soon as he said it. And <laughs> yeah. I I was so stupid until that point. I didn't I was like, "Oh yeah, if something is bad, let's not research it." But the, he was trying to make the point of research inherently is not good or bad. It mm. can be applied any number of ways. And that's the moment I was like, that might have been when I started like my, I'm going to go do research now. I don't know. But anyway, Mr. Teeples was cool. The third teacher I liked so much is um, her name was Christine Barboza. Shout out to Miss Barboza. I called her Coach Barboza because she was also the track and field coach. When I tell you, she <laughs> gave no fucks. This woman was like, she was a feminist icon. When you came to her track team, she would let you have it. She didn't talk down to you like you were a kid. She mm. let you have it. And she also taught honors. I think it was language arts. When she recommended a book, she recommended a book. Those books were always fire. Mm. She knew what she was doing. I love that woman. So anyway, those those are my three favorite classes. It was language arts, biology, and chemistry. But not because of the actual subject matter, but because of the teachers. Um. So my favorite teachers would... Like going off my dance teacher for all of high school was great. Shout out Miss Palmer. She was hilarious <laughs> and a really good teacher and let us have a lot of creative freedom, which sometimes <laughs> resulted in some really ridiculous lolzy dance pieces, but she let us <laughs> she let us go for it. It was great. It would probably be her and Miss Roberts. Shout out Miss Roberts, who was my environmental science teacher. So our school was struggling with science teachers. I don't know. Maybe this was a money oh, thing, boy. too. We actually started one school year and they didn't have they weren't employing a single science teacher at the beginning of the year. They finally got one hired like two or three weeks in. But it was like this one science teacher who I think had a degree in like geology. And she was just <laughs> being made to teach like all of these classes. <laughs> like it was so struggling. But Miss Roberts was actually like, I don't know if her area was environmental science, but she was a really great teacher. And she was one of the few teachers in high school who really like challenged me and that I felt like I like took something away from. Like I really coasted through a lot of high school and like I did well in grades, but I just like didn't really, like I was smart enough and I didn't have anything else going on. So like I just sort of coasted along, but I feel like I actually learned things in her class. I, I love teachers who, who just who get it. They mm-hmm. they know we're going through it. They're just like, you know what? At least you can put an effort in. At least you can act like you care for just this much time. Yeah, shout out to teachers like that. They make such a difference. Like a huge, yeah. huge difference. Because there are a lot of ones that do just like totally talk down to you and are disrespectful. And- I had a teacher who taught history. I forget her name. Oh, I forget her name. But... 
at the very beginning of the school year, she first of all, this woman, she was a hot mess, which is why I know she meant what she was saying. A mess. <laughs> a fucking mess. She would come to school, and you could tell she had been going out drinking the night before. She <laughs> was a mess. But she was cool, though. I loved her to death. Yeah. She came in on the first day of, um, was it 10th grade or 9th grade? I forget. 10th grade, maybe. And she said, I want you all to listen very closely to what I'm about to tell you. The key to being successful in life is to be first and foremost organized, which is, I know, paradoxical because that, that woman was not, she, she was a mess. But this is what I mean. I, I, I believed what she was saying because I, I saw, she was going through it and she was like, no, let me explain something to you. If I were more organized, I would have an easier time. She just said it flat. And I remember that stuck to me. I was like, okay, if nothing else, because my parents would always tell you, be hardworking, be hardworking, be hard. And I get that. And when she said, I was like, ah, I get it. This woman, yeah. Great high school teachers make such a difference. Teenagers are really going through it. But I don't know how the good teachers do it. I don't even know how the bad teachers do it. Because I, I'd i be the one smacking one of the students with a lunch tray. I could not. I could not. I could not. <laughs> I don't. Tray. I genuinely don't know how anyone is a high school teacher. <laughs> how? I should. I guess a better question would have been, who was your worst high school teacher? Like, worst teacher or worst, like, person? <laughs> Sure, let's go with the worst person because... Oh, I'm trying to think of that. That's hard. As far as, like, not a good teacher, I know I had, like, a French teacher who I'm pretty sure had, like, literally just come out with her bachelor's degree and just, like, she literally could not care less. Like, there there was no possible way she could care less about teaching this course. Our, our our final exam in this French class, which was not in, like, an, this was like a French like three or four class or something. Our final exam was to taste test different French cheeses and like write about them. And we didn't even have to write about them in French. We just tasted the cheese. Oh my God. No. <laughs> when I tell you she did not care. <laughs> she did not care. I'm sure there were bad teachers, though. I can, I can, I'm sure, like, thinking back, I'm sure some of them were awful teachers. But <laughs> I personally didn't have an issue with them, like, because mm-hmm. they all were nice to me. I did well in their classes. I was polite. Yeah. I actually put the effort in. I tried because I was trying to get the fuck out. So I really, right. I, I don't, I don't believe a single person in high school tried harder than me. I was working myself to the bone. Right. It didn't yield anything, obviously. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> a mess a waste of my time yeah that's true i was a i was a teacher's pet i i just like i didn't want to be disrespectful yeah, yeah exactly the same i was ready to get the yeah. fuck out of there did your school have uniforms no we didn't no did yours we did yeah are you serious and they sucked they were so ugly <laughs> so it wasn't like a, <laughs> it wasn't like catholic school where everyone's wearing the exact same thing it was like a just sort of a dress code where you had you could wear navy pants or khaki pants or skirts, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then light blue polos or orange polos, because those were like our school colors, orange polos. Like the number of orange. Let me just tell you, there is no person who looks good in an orange polo shirt. <laughs> it, it's just not. <laughs> and I own so many orange polo shirts. Why did they do that to us? I, I do not particularly enjoy that color. I don't think I have a single item. Every time when it's Halloween, they're like, wear something orange. I just struggle. <laughs> I, and I feel like I have a lot of clothes. I've been trying to mm-hmm. downsize. We're like, 
every single year I like try to downsize a little bit and I still have so many left still. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have a single item of orange. The only orange t-shirt I have, and I know you know this because you have that same shirt. When we got those fade shirts that said research. Oh my God. When we went to college. <laughs> yeah. That is the only, and I don't, I don't know where it is now. I might have gotten rid oh of it, but God. that's the only orange I've, I've, I own. You know how long ago that's been? Let me remind you how long ago oh, that's don't. been. That's been many years. No. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, what high school books did you remember reading and which ones did you like? Oh. I can go first on account of go for it i remember actually you know what i can just rapid fire this moby dick tequila mockingbird jane Eyre, lord of the flies animal farm catcher in the rye perks of being a wallflower brave new world 1984 the crucible oh my god the crucible great expectations <laughs> i hated this one i'm not i'm like let me just stop the rapid fire right now and just say i hated great expectations um i also hated a tale of two cities because they were both written by charles dickens and charles dickens book he did way too much. I it was so bad. Oh, yeah. Charles Dickens, his writing is trash, complete trash. Also, I will go on the record and say Oscar Wilde is also a fucking trash writer. <laughs> like I feel like they they both wrote similarly where they they overqualify things, they add adjectives that don't need to be there and they do this long drawn out explanation of things that are not relevant to the plot or the story. And I remember in high school, they were just saying, oh, yeah, no, they were just being paid by the number of words that they put into a book. So they just like dragged it out. I was like, no. yeah, but this is painful to read, though. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Anyway, I had to stop to like roast great expectations. That's a horrible <laughs> book. I just, I'll just remember like Pip and Stella Havisham. Anyway, uh, Death of a Salesman, The Good Earth. I did not like The Good Earth. Um, the Great Gatsby and A Modest Proposal, which wasn't even a book. I think it was just a long article by yeah. Jonathan Swift, which, by the way, I loved that was great. <laughs> Chef's anyway. kiss, a modest proposal. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at your list and I was like, please don't tell me you liked all of these. I was like, I'm going to need to hear why you like Great Expectations, but I'm 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 relieved to hear that you also think Charles Dickens is trash. <laughs> I'm trash, I tell you. <laughs> so I also liked I liked Brave New World in 1984 a lot. I liked The Great Gatsby. Let's see. I liked Things Fall Apart. Oh, Chinua Achebe. That's yeah. my country man. Yeah. I love that man. <laughs> that was the most accurately titled book ever. <laughs> Things fall apart. First of all, like we have terrible of trash Nigerian writers. I will say this. <laughs> but the ones that are good, they are good. There's also this playwright. His name is Wole Shoyenka. He must be in his 80s now, maybe late mm. 70s. That man is a genius. Like reading his plays are just wow. He won the, uh, Wally Shoyinka won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1986. Hmm. Oh, this wow. man is a genius. But you know what I hate is like, he is so good, but a lot of the plays that he made and wrote are not popular outside Nigeria. Hmm. And it's wild to me. I'm like, this range is just sitting there and oh. nobody has done an adaptation of it. Like, meanwhile, they're doing adaptations of like the worst, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just went on a I had to shout out um Chino Achebe and I went on the tangent with Wale Shoyenka, but these two are really good. For those of you who love literature, look them up. You will thank me later. Uh, I liked Fahrenheit 451 okay, although I've read more Ray Bradbury since then, and that's literally like his worst book. <laughs> I don't I've I don't, I've never heard of this book. Of really? All the, like this is the only one that I haven't heard. I think so. Am I missing something here? 
<laughs> I haven't read some of the ones that you mentioned, although I've like heard of them. I just, for whatever right. reason, we didn't read them. This one was the one, it's about a society in the future where you're not allowed to have books and they like burn all of the books since so everyone watches like TV and drives fast cars. And This better not be the book that they made into the movie The Equilibrium. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. Okay, because like this is sounding very eerily <laughs> similar to the plot of that movie, like... Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> did, did you realize that a lot of the books that we read in high school were very, I don't know if it's a vestige of the Cold War, but a lot of them were dystopian future books. Yeah. Like 1984, yeah. Animal, like it's a lot of them, were, Brave New World, I don't, it's... Let's see, uh, The Outsiders I like. Did you ever read The Outsiders? No. I remember almost nothing about it, except that there's like a line. It, they made it into a movie as well, and it was like a this this character, Pony Boy. Spoilers, The Outsiders. <laughs> this character, <laughs> Pony Boy, dies. It's about like a group of teenagers. And for whatever reason, like Pony Boy is dying, and one of his friends is like, Stay gold, Pony Boy, stay gold. <laughs> I don't know why that struck us as like the funniest thing in the world. World. I'm sure the writer meant it to be like really sappy and sad and emotional, but uh, stay gold, pony boy. He couldn't know, find another stay phrase. Gold. Like <laughs> we said that to each other for years. We just be like, stay gold, pony. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that later tonight. I'm just gonna stay gold, and I hope some, but one of my nine followers, who's not you, will know what that is because I haven't read this book. But now nah, I gotta oh know what God. happens. I'll go like, remember Sparks Notes. Sparks, Sparks Notes was my friend because yes. mama, let me tell you, some of those books, like Jane Eyre, for instance, I needed Sparks Notes because I read it and I was like, what am I supposed to be getting? Does he have an ex-wife in the attic who's run mad and he's <laughs> hiding her? And like, why is she screaming? And like, why is the whole thing? And I couldn't get it. I needed Sparks Notes to explain shit to me. And I loved Sparks Notes for that reason. They would break oh. it down. But some kids would just use Sparks Notes and like not actually read the book. Our high school actually, so I went to a high school. I mean, I lived in an area that was predominantly black and my high school is like majority black. And they actually did a really good job of having us read a lot of books about the black experience in America. Um, so we like read a lot mm. of good ones along those lines. Um, the Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, not H.G. Wells. Um, Is there another book called The Invisible Man? Written oh, wow. So, yeah, there's a book called The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells, which is like a science fiction story about a guy who is literally invisible. And then there's a book called The Invisible Man by Ralph <laughs> Ellison, which is about being a black man in America. Right, so right. Same shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that one, Their Eyes Were Watching God, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, A Raisin in the Sun. Wow. Um, I'm yeah. very happy to hear this. Yeah. My high school did not, not a, like, we read To Kill a Mockingbird, but I think that's about <laughs> it. Called it like, good. Called it good. <laughs> that was it. They were just like, that's enough. Let's stop that right now. Yeah, so they got most of the way there, and those were really great, and I actually really, like, enjoyed them, and they were valuable books to read, but then they, like... I don't want to give them too much credit because they would take the attitude of like, wow, see how bad it was? Like, isn't it great that no one's racist now? What the fuck? <laughs> Defeating the whole purpose. I know. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I fucking hate it. That's horrible. My mom used to be a teacher, right? I hope you know where I'm going with this. 
<laughs> because what would happen is, you know, you'd get the at the beginning of the year, you get the book list. Mm-hmm. And you take it home and you have to get your parents to go get you the books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. My mom, she would take those books and read them with me. And most of them she had already read just because oh. Oh she was God. out here just consuming books. I remember like she would get the books and whichever one I wasn't reading currently or I had already read and it wasn't like she would grab that book and read it with me. When I was struggling <laughs> to understand Jane Eyre, she's like, I've read that book several times. Let me break it down for you. And I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. Because I, I did not want her like trying to. I just I could not deal with that. Her trying to teach me oh stuff. Like, my mom is a, I would say this, she's a great teacher. She really is a great teacher. But if you are the child of a teacher, you do not want your parent to teach you shit. Mm -hmm. My mom would be out there reminding them, like, if he misbehaves, make sure you let me know. (laughs) I'm like, first of all, I'm not misbehaving. So you don't, like, don't feel the need to say that every time you come to parent-teacher night. Like, it's unnecessary. But anyway, they already knew who my parent was, my mother was at that point. And she was like, so there's a book on here that I'm going to give you another school book list and I'm not going to put it on there because I don't want your mom to know about this. Oh. I was like oop. And this is what I mean. Coach Parboza got it. She understood. Wow. Because she knew my mom would get those books and read them. Mm. She just knew. And she did not and she was like the Perks Being a Wallflower book, it's a great book. She gave me another list and took that book out. And she goes, give your mom this list. And I was like, so how am I supposed to get that book when we have to read it? I don't want to fail. She goes, don't worry. She went out and got me that book and gave me one of her copies. Oh, wow. And that book is Perks Being a Wallflower. And I will say this right now on air. That book is one of my favorite books still. And people sometimes ask me, like, why the fuck do you like that book? (laughs) Mama. That book is written from the perspective of like a 10-year-old. And the writer who wrote it, Stephen Shbosky, he wrote it in the way a 10-year-old would talk. Huh. So the, have you read Perks Being a Wallflower? I haven't, no. Catcher and Ryan Perks Being a Wallflower are, very, are similar to me. Because before I read those two books, a lot of the books that I read were just like, oh, this is just a story about something that happened. It had no personal connection to me. I felt like mm-hmm. anybody could have written that book. It was just, I read Catcher right. in the Rye. And the Perks of Being a Wildfire. And I felt like the person who wrote that book was writing it directly to me. And this is going to sound sad because everybody has such a book. And I was like, there is somebody else out there who understands my specific condition and was able to articulate it eloquently into writing. Ever since then, there are several books that I've read that have done that, which lets me know that there are many people in the world who have very similar thoughts as me. And it's great. But that book is written from the perspective of Charlie. And Charlie is like going into high school, but he starts writing the book when he was much younger. And I don't know if you saw the movie. Did you see the movie? No. Oh, wow. Okay, there's a movie. You can just (laughs) skip the book and read the movie because the movie was also co-produced by Stephen Chbosky. So he was able Mm. to tell them exactly his vision for the book. That way it translated well from book to movie. Mm. But it's basically Charlie... And I I think he might have had a psychotic break when he was much younger. So he would always write letters to a friend. And I think that Mm -hmm. friend was imaginary. So he'd just write the letters, put a stamp, and mail it to this same address and send it off. And all of those letters are like pretty much either chapters. The book has a perfect title, like The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Charlie was a fucking wallflower. And he wrote everything from the perspective of a shy kid who was never noticed, but noticed everything. And he Mm -hmm. understood everything that was going on around him. And he would write it in such simple language 
as somebody who is that age and you knew that he got it. He may not have had the perfect vocabulary to explain what he was seeing or what he was, but he wrote it. When I tell you anybody who's coming of age and I find them, I'm like, you fucking take this book and you read this shit. Read it. <laughs> read it. I'm like a dealer. I'm like, read this. What was your favorite high school classic movie? Again, rapid fire. You know, we have the Mean Girls, the Perks, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes. By the way, I didn't say this, but the Perks of Being a Wallflower, when we were in Pittsburgh, they shot that movie in Pittsburgh. And I don't know if you remember this. Um, a, a mutual friend of ours and I would go tunneling. Uh huh. Oh, I remember that. Oh, was that from that book? Yes. If I had written my own life as a writer, I couldn't write it to be this coincidental. Mm. The book that I relate to most in my coming of age years was written in the town which I went to college a few huh. years later. And. A lot of the things in that book, I got to experience it in real life after I read that book. And I didn't know what Pittsburgh was when I read that book. I didn't know anything about Pittsburgh. And when I got there, I was like, I know what that book is now. <laughs> and one of the, at the chapters in that book, they do this thing where there's a long, maybe like a mile or two tunnel in Pittsburgh. And it is covered on the inside with like white tiles and they're bright lights. And if you drive through it at night, it is so beautiful. And because it's a it's a it's a it's a tunnel, like everything echoes in one direction. If you drive through the tunnel at high speed and you turn your music all the way up and you put your windows down, it is the most satisfying feeling in the world. And the person who made that movie, they shot that scene from the perspective of somebody who was tunneling. And oh my god, it is so anyway, so we used to do that a lot. And that that's what I mean. That book and one of the lines when they when the tunneling thing happens is um one day we're going to grow older and we're going to become somebody's mother and we're going to become somebody's father and all we'll have left I I'm paraphrasing it's not real is just these photos to remind us of something like that and they talk about like feeling infinite mm. in the moment when they realize this and feeling infinite words on a page means nothing but if you understand what they were talking about that feeling there there's no we don't have an english word to describe it Lady Bird, I've heard is good, but I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's a coming of age or if it's a high school movie, but I think it's both. I'm not sure. And Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a second to talk about Greece? First of all, oh my God, this is going to sound so stupid, but I do not care. I'm committing. Um, Rama Lama Lama, Kadinga Da Dinga Dong, Shubab Shubada Wada, Yippity Boom Da Boom, Chang Chang, Changity Chang Shubab, Dip Di Dip Di Dip Di Wap Di Dooby Doo, Boogity 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 Shubi Di Wap Di Wap, Shana Na 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 Yippity Boom. That was impressive. First of all, I'm not going to lie. This song, I can't, it was catchy, and the songs from Greece, the movie, I know it's also on Broadway, whatever, whatever, but like the movie, is the songs are lit yeah yeah the oh like i can't argue the songs are real catchy but it is real yikes <laughs> in a lot of parts <laughs> like uh, you know like from the jump like they get in that song where they like met over the summer and his friends are like oh like did you hook up did she put up a fight like that's literally like verbatim <laughs> like <laughs> did she put up a fight when you tried to hook up with like <laughs> that's the like the fuck? first song of the movie so problematic <laughs> i remember watching it and i remember thinking to myself 
like first time I saw Grace, and I might I might have been like six or whatever, and I was like, this is a fucking moment, like that silhouette she had at the very. I think um, I got chills, they're multiplying, and I'm losing control, mm-hmm. and the power you're supplying, it's electrifying. She wore these leggings mm-hmm. that looked like waxed denim but it wasn't it might have been lycra and she had this off-shoulder top that silhouette i was like this is a fashion moment even when i was young i was like this right here is a look and everybody will be wearing this iconically for the rest of time i just knew it i was like this is it Mm -hmm. yeah i remember that from that movie but anyway yeah I remember that uh, look too. I remember um, Sisters Act. Shout out to Whoopi Goldberg. I think that was some really good work she did. I really loved that movie. And Lauren Hill too. Um, I think Sisters Act too, not the original. Maybe the original. I'm not sure. I don't remember now. But um, also High School Musical, which I think was just a knockoff of Grease and didn't have half the range in it. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. People could fight me if they want, but just saying. Yeah, but but don't. Pick your battles. Is High School Musical the hill you want to die on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fight me on this. Yeah. Don't. Oh god, some of my favorite high school movies. Uh, Carrie. <laughs> That's not a scary movie, is it? It is. Carrie is the one where the girl has like telekinetic abilities, and so it's where the girls trick her into like becoming prom queen, and then dump blood all over her at the prom, and then she kills everyone. <laughs> When you said she had telekinetic abilities, I thought you were talking about Matilda, but I was like, that's not high school. I actually legit get scared of scary movies. I mean, the jump scare ones, if it's a psychological thriller, like, I'll be fine. But the jump scares really get me. Mm. I cannot do jump scares. So I don't watch scary movies for that purpose. Yeah, I haven't seen Carrie. You would probably be fine cool. with it. There's there's like a few shocking parts, but it's more it's more of like a psychological movie. And then uh, on, a, on a related murder note, Heather's... Oh my god. You know you've seen Heather's right. Is this the one about the witches? No, Heather's is um <laughs> Heather's is Oh my god. If you need to go watch Heather's, I feel like you would appreciate this movie so much. It's just like purposefully vapid. Winona Ryder stars in it and she is part of this friend group that's her and three girls who are all named Heather. They're like vapid popular girls and she's like getting tired of it and she like starts like hooking up with this like bad boy type who's played by Christian Slater. Um, And it like starts off as a very typical high school movie except then the two of them start murdering their classmates. But it's like such a, like, it's a satire. It's so funny. It's such a funny movie. I have to watch this. I have to watch this now. I am living for this idea. It's amazing. Let's see. What else? Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a good one. Remember the Titans? I don't know if it's a good one. I just feel like I watched it so many times in high school. Is that the one with Denzel Washington? Yeah, I think Denzel Washington is. It's about like a high school football team. Yeah, I think so. I I think I, I remember this. Oh, there were a lot of those movies. Like for whatever reason, when we were like, they just pumped those out. The very inspirational coach yeah. movies. I just I there were so many of them. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's dial this back, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> oh yeah, related to high school movies. What is it about The Breakfast Club? Why do people like this movie so much? I, I don't get The Breakfast Club. I remember yeah. starting to watch it. This is fucking bland. I turned it off. I couldn't yeah. finish it. I was like, this is what everybody's hyped up about. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah, I don't know it's if my great. like expectations were set too high, but I was like, that was boring and predictable and yeah. just like, 
oh, okay, like, why? I'll, I'll go look this up later. I, I kind of want to know why it was important for its time because out of context to me, I don't get it. I, it's just, it's not good. It's just yeah. not good. <laughs> oh, and I was thinking of high school movies. <laughs> so do you remember the time we... <laughs> you were going to go on a date and you can probably tell the story better than I can, but... You were going to go on a date to, I think it was like a gay film festival or something. And at the last minute, that the guy said that he was bringing a friend. So then you asked me to go with you. <laughs> but then we like sat separately from them and like abandoned the date. But the, <laughs> so we'll get to the story in a moment. The movie was GBF, Gay Best Friend. It was, I mean, it was a cute movie. It was uh, a guy who comes out in high school. And then all the girls compete because they all want to have a gay best friend. <laughs> but I <laughs> just, it brought back the memory of this non-date that I went Christy, on. Christy, when I tell you, you just uncovered some trauma that I have buried, <laughs> buried, mama. Oh I remember God. this. Like, as soon as you said it, like, <laughs> it's like that Celine Dion song. It's all coming back to me now. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, whoop. I remember this so vividly. It was the Pittsburgh Film Festival. And some guy had asked me out on a date to see this movie, GBF, pre-premiere at the Pittsburgh Film Festival. And I agreed. And later he like, lets me know. He goes, oh, I'll be bringing someone else. And I was like, excuse me? So, like, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I guess I'll also bring someone so I'm not, like, a fish out of water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So, I, I asked you, like, I remember I remember it was last minute. And I was like, hey, uh, please come with me to this thing. Yeah. And you were so down with it. I was like, thank you so much. You're like, yeah. I was like, cool. So, we went at the film festival. It's, like, open seating. Mm-hmm. He didn't even, he asked me out and didn't reserve a seat for me. Like, and then we had to sit like on the way end of the other theater, and like I didn't even end up seeing or talking to him or anything. Yeah. Not before, like, until because I, I think they also I don't even it was weird. Yep. At the end, I was like over there, like, and then he and the person were like there, and I was like, oh hi. Yeah. <laughs> and we had this awkward interaction that didn't last very long, and I think we like went to like a bookstore right yeah. after that. It was all weird. I wanted that night to be over so fast. So you and I left, and we went to a coffee shop. I remember this, because I remember I was doing the most. And what I remember about that coffee shop is the barista, I think I was wearing contact lenses that were different color. Oh, remember this? I do. Remember this? And, And the barista leans over to me, and he goes, are those your real eye color? And I was like, No. I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're fake. Like, I had to be full disclosure because I feel like a lot of black people who, like, wear, like, a whole bunch of contact lenses or stuff, people think that they're just trying to be white. Hmm. And I was aware of that. Like, I was like, oh, no, I'm being extra for the sake of me being extra. I'm not being extra mm. so people can think I'm mixed or white. I know I know what time it is. I'm fucking yeah. black, 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 black. So like when he asked, I was like, no, there are black people that have really light eye colors, but I wasn't one of them. So I was like, no, it's fucking fake. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oh my God, that night was, when I tell you I've been through it, I have been through it. What are the popular songs that we listened to in high school? Like 
Nars Barkley, crazy. Does that make me crazy? <laughs> I've been trying to do the CeeLo Green voice my entire life, and I still don't know how to do it. His voice is wild to me. It's it's so good, and I don't mm-hmm. know how he does it. Um, Cascada. Because every time we touch, I get this feeling, and every time. <laughs> um, Kanye West. Oh, I remember hearing the song oh for the God. first time. Kanye. And I, I, I knew instantly this song was a fucking smash hit. Because the opening, she take my money. Nominee. I was like, this is the song. This every time I'd hear that song come on, I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready. And Soldier Boy, I don't have to say too much here. Uh, it's called Crank That. For those of you who have heard that song but don't know the name, it's called Crank That. Go hear it. It's great. You know, there were a lot of these songs that came out that were like jingles. Yeah. Do your chain hang low, do it wobble to the float, do it shine in the light. Is a button is like go. Can you throw it on your shoulder? If it had to make you cold, do your chain hang. Low. First of all, I hope I don't get cited for copyright infringement for doing that entire thing. But, <laughs> but that song by James slaps. It's great. Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Jason Mraz, I'm Yours. Amy Winehouse's Rehab. Uh, Busta Rhymes. I don't know if you remember this one. Touch it, bring it, babe. Watch it, turn it, leave it, oh, yeah. stop formatted. Rihanna's Umbrella. That was great. Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten. Oh my God. When I tell you this song, I loved it until they started putting it in every commercial. Like, you'd go to any school mm-hmm. rally, and that was the yeah. first song they would play. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Stop already. <laughs> Fucking stop. But the song is good. They just overplayed it. It's yeah. And Paramore's Misery Business. And Beyonce's Irreplaceable. And Single Ladies, which I didn't realize <laughs> you don't like. I have to, like, the Beehive, don't, don't, don't come at me sideways for this. But I will say unequivocally, Single Ladies might be Beyonce's worst song, period. I do not like it. <laughs> and I don't know why this is the case. A lot of artists' not-so-good songs happen to be very commercially successful. Yeah. And I think it's, I think there is a correlation there because I might, you know, it, might have been, it might be reverse causation. Because I think in the artist's attempt to make a song that's so widely liked and so commercially successful they have to make it as a bland and unoriginal and it has to be something you could slap and paste anywhere and there is no flavor in it whatsoever yeah single ladies sounded like a commercial jingle yeah it wasn't it didn't sound like a you know anyway oh my god please beehive don't 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 swarm don't at me on twitter <laughs> every white girl from now to eternity can play it for her single bridesmaids at her wedding reception like <laughs> that's who that song was for <laughs> but the thing is like i will say though i think what was great about that song is the video that came with it the video was good it had a clear caught artistic concept which i think was borrowed by, there was like another like that dance i think i'll send this to you later the dance itself was copied and pasted from beyonce was she did this a few times in her career where she's inspired by something crazy in love was borrowed oh yeah i know that jingle dun, 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 dun. oh yeah beyonce saw that in the d lights of be my woman yeah. <laughs> really liked it grabbed it and used it like that crazy in love jingle is not hers originally Pana, let me upgrade you that was also bored by i forget this her name i forget her name but the song is called girls can do it too or women can do it too 
Mm. And when this single ladies, that whole dance where the three girls were going up and down and doing the thing, Beyonce mm-hmm. borrowed that too. And also, and I'm just going to keep going now because like I'm a huge, hey, you beehive who think you're going to swarm me for roasting Beyonce for single ladies, let me show you the range that I have about Beyonce. You could, <laughs> you could never. When she did Countdown, the dance that she did from the Countdown, I think, oh, by the way, before the even Countdown, we'll get to Countdown in a second. When she did Get Me Bodied, I don't know if you remember Get Me Bodied, she borrowed yeah. that entire video set from a Bob Fosse. Mm-hmm. That whole thing is a Bob Fosse copy-paste, like copy-paste. And it's great, <laughs> and she does it so well. This is what I mean. Beyonce mm-hmm. can get away with it because when she does it, she adds every single piece of ingredients to make it pop. Because all of the originals of these, we don't know them. But when mm-hmm. Beyonce does it, she perfects it, and then she does it so much better. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about Countdown. That's also stolen. Like with the off-shoulder, the hairband, and the flip dance. Yeah, no, that was borrowed too, so... Mm. The, what I was trying to say is the music video for Single Ladies is what I think would make it iconic or legendary in terms of pop culture. But the actual song itself, not that great. Sorry about it. Yeah. Irreplaceable is great, though. To the left, to the left. Everything <laughs> you own in a box, to the left. I thought Irreplaceable was a great song. That music video, though, it was like reminiscent of like RuPaul's Drag Race Season 1 filter. I was like, yeah. why did we do that back then? It... <laughs> the Vaseline on the camera. <laughs> 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 oh my mia's paper planes i thought the song mm. was so great i thought the way she sampled that cash register ding i thought it was the most satisfying i fly like paper get high like planes if you catch me at the border i got visas in my name all i want to do is uh, 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 and ding and take your money <laughs> i thought that song was so clever the way the sa- like the sound effect samples that she used were just so good, and at the sa- at around the same time that that song came out, I didn't put this on here, but um, MGMT's kids. Oh yeah, take whatever you need from him. I thought those were great songs, and of course, Black Eyed Peas. And I don't love this song, like the boom boom pow. And I got a feeling, and I, I the, oh my god, oof. I got a feeling that was oh. they were popular. <laughs> This was also the era of my humps. <laughs> my humps. My hump, my hump, my hump. I didn't mind. My lovely lady lumps. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't mind the humps so much because I actually thought that was hilarious. That was I was so like, funny. not this song. <laughs> There's also Christina Aguilar's Ain't No Other Man, which oh, I yeah. thought was a great song because the way she growls at the beginning of that song, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Take me to church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like towards the like the later years of high school, Lady Gaga's Just Dance came out. By the way, a shout out to Lady Gaga. She did some heavy lifting in like 2008 through 2010. Mm-hmm. It was like hit after hit. She had Just Dance, Poker Face, a Bad Romance came later. She had AA, There's Nothing Else I Can't Say. And then she had My Favorite. I'm your biggest fan. I'll oh follow God. you. Paparazzi. Paparazzi. I oh, love. When so the music good. video for Paparazzi came out, I could not stop watching oh, it. That's it so was good. So good. Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. This was Flo Rida's Low, the apple bottom <laughs> jeans, and the boots with the fur. <laughs> fur. The whole club is Look. looking at her. 
<laughs> I love this song. This song is so good. Oh, uh, Fallout Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down. That was uh, the killers oh. when you were young. Panic at the Disco. I write sins, not tragedies. <laughs> Panic at the Disco. I chime in with the haven't you people ever heard of. Closing yes, the goddamn yes. door. Na, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good song. That is a really good song. It's excellent. Oh, this was yeah. also when Fergie had some of her solo songs. <laughs> London Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> How come every time I come around my London, London? It was so catchy. I, it was so stupid. All her yeah. songs were so stupid. Big Girls Don't Cry. Yeah. Also, around that same time, like in the same vein of Fergie's London Bridge, remember when Britney released them, If You Seek Amy? Oh, you're right. Yes. If, I was if you like, seek Britney Amy. is... <laughs> Britney. I, I listened to that song for the first time. I didn't get it. <laughs> and then when somebody actually explained it to me, I was like, Britney's a genius. Yes. A genius. Britney. Also, remember the Chris Crocker time? <laughs> Leave Britney alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is another one that was like a jingle. Pop, lock, and drop it. <laughs> This was uh, Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. <laughs> I'm bringing Sexy Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that shout in the middle got me every time. <laughs> and then just to end oh. on the stupidest note, Lil Mama's lip gloss. <laughs> My lip gloss is popping. My lip gloss is cool. <laughs> All the boys keep jacking. They chase me after school. <laughs> Mac, Mac, Lover, yelling, yep, because I'm worth it. Yep, I put, I put it down so perfect. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. That song lives rent-free in my head. <laughs> rent-free. Let's, let's talk about the few trends in high school. I don't even remember we had this game on Facebook called Farmville. I do remember that. I never played it, but I remember people being obsessed with that game. I played this game. <laughs> and when I tell you, I will never get that time back. <laughs> my life, I wasted that time. I wasted it. Like, it was literally, for those of you who don't, who don't remember Farmville or you don't know what Farmville oh was, God. it was a game on Facebook where you would literally build your own farm. And you know what was annoying? You actually had to wait. You would plant squash, eggplants, corn, <laughs> and literally, like, they were scaled to time. Yeah. If corn grows faster than squash, you would have to, like, wait four hours for your corn to be ready for you to harvest. Yep. And if you grew something that, like took three days, you'd have to literally plant it and fucking log into Farmville like for three days <laughs> waiting for your shit to... <laughs> that was such a fucking waste of my time. And I would organize my farm. I'd put all the crops in the same spot. I <laughs> can't believe I spent my time like that. I'm never getting that time back. Um, There's also the Motorola Razor. Yes, every single person had that phone. <laughs> I didn't have one. You didn't? I did not have one. I don't know. I because I I didn't. I never. I've never had a flip phone in my entire life. Wow. Even from the jump, like the primitive bar phones, I preferred them. I never had a flip phone. Mm. Like I know people think, oh no, bar phones have always been around. Like my first was like um a Nokia thirty three twenty or something. <laughs> people will know how long I have lived. No, but like. My first phone was a bar phone, and I remember I hated that flip phone nonsense. So I never had one. So when the Razer came out, they also had called one called a Silver. It was SLVR. Yeah, of course. And I got the Silver because the Silver was pretty much a, a thin strip of a bar phone, mm. and the Razer was a flip. My sister got the flip, the Razer. <laughs> Everybody had it. By the way, did you know? Like I think last year Motorola released like an update to it, like a modern day um, 
Motorola Razor? No, they did. It was stupid expense. They did. They did. It was a touchscreen and it was flip and there was like a, it had because if you think about it like production wise a flip phone in this day and age you ha- the execution is going to be difficult cuz the the screen has to be able to fold and even when you open it it has to have the same dexterity as when it Yeah. No. 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 It was I was bad but like it was so expensive to make, so this phone was just expensive, and it, it wasn't good. Anyway, there was also the the scene kid's haircut. Like, you know that stringy hair that was just, <laughs> it was just dead and flat? <laughs> I did not. Oh. Yes. The, the emo kids had it. The goth kids had it. Like, don't cancel me for saying this. When I saw black people have those hairstyles, I would just be like, wow. You mean you spent, because if a white person does that hairstyle, it doesn't take them much time. Mm-hmm. For a black person to have that same hairstyle, mama, <laughs> hours, oh, no. hours, hours. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, you mean you spent all this time for your hair to look like to this? Look like that. Boy. <laughs> Just to look like that. <laughs> and the Converse shoes. Did you ever wear Converse in high school? Yes. All the time. They were so uncomfortable. They oh were narrow. God. They had no leg support. Nothing. They were just terrible they were shoes. just like pieces of flat cardboard like <laughs> awful. <laughs> and every time you'd walk like you just smack your foot directly into the concrete there yeah. was no nothing and remember the fat farm sweatpants oh yeah <laughs> everybody had the fat farm sweatpants <laughs> every single person and I'm, I'm thinking about this now like this was extremely inappropriate because they were like the fat <laughs> they would yes. come with prints on the butt yeah that yeah. just said fat <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I think it's hilarious. I would wear it now as a joke, but I don't think people then wore it as a joke. They like wore it, wore it. Oh yeah, you'd be like like, fourteen years old with fat across the butt. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? This is a problem, and everybody was wearing it. I was like, can we not? Yeah, that was oof. That was not the move. And the overdrawn wing liner. You know, I mean, I, by the way, I like this trend still. I, I think this could stay. I don't yeah. mind it so much. <laughs> but some people really went hard with the winged eyeliner. Mm-hmm. They, woo! Mm-hmm. I mean, Amy, Wine, Amy Winehouse kind of made it iconic. Uh, you remember low-rise? Oh, well, I guess you probably didn't have to feel the pain of low-rise jeans. Oh, God. Mom, I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. Oh. But oh. that... Actually, I I like low rise jeans. Really? Like I wore them through college. Oh! Uh. Did you do the like the whale tail with the thong sticking out of the low rise jeans? Because that was a thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> the reason why I did low rise jeans was a very practical one. Now the problem is, if you have a small waist, your ratio of waist to butt to thigh, is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't make any kind of sense. But the problem is, a lot of the jeans back then that were made, so I could, if I got jeans that fit my butt, they wouldn't fit my waist. Mm-hmm. And if I got jeans that fit my waist, I couldn't squeeze my butt in there. It, 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 it just was not happening. And it's not, there's nothing I could do to change that. Like, I couldn't starve myself. I couldn't, the weight distribution right. was what it was. Like, it was just that. I couldn't do anything to change my body type. So I would get the low-rise jeans because they didn't droop. They would just sit and they didn't like I didn't do the weird thing where it's like the because there was no waste anymore. It was just going to (laughs) sit where it was. So I just I just at some point I just committed to low rise jeans. They were the they were the easiest thing for me to worry about. Mm. But that's why I did low rise jeans. Not because I was like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't to show off your your thong. (laughs) 
But yeah, no, that trend, I'm glad that's done. Oh we also, like, we can talk about the eyebrow trends that were there, because I remember, like, the oh. really thin eyebrows. You remember wow. the, the velvet tracksuits, the, like, all one color <laughs> velvet tracksuits? The fucking velvet tracksuits. Yes. Oh, they're coming back, by the way. No, are they? Have you seen them come back? <laughs> they are coming back. I hope they don't stay long, though. Because... Oh, my God. <laughs> Mama, these are terrible. They're so ah. bad. I'm so glad they're... Oh, my God, oh yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Heelys. <laughs> the, sh- <laughs> the shoes with the, like, rollerblading wheels inside the sneaker. I think, in concept, they are fun shoes. <laughs> but what the hell was that? We, I didn't... I never had one. I don't... Me I couldn't neither. even convince my parents to get me a pair. It was... But I remember the kids who had one, and I was like, I can't take you seriously. Oh. Not with these fucking shoes. <laughs> The kids just sure. rolling down the hall in the Heelys. I would just, I would see them too, and I'm like, "Are you fucking serious? These shoes?" The phenomenon that was Hot Topic. There were certain things Hot Topics did, and the people who worked there, I'm like, "You are drinking this same Kool Aid." Yeah. Really? They would wear beanies. I have to remind you again. I lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> And the dead of summer, mm-hmm. and that dry heat, a fucking beanie. <laughs> what was the reason? What was the reason? And also, remember those belts that had like metal studs on them? Oh yeah, I had some of those. They were awful. I had, I had one. I'm glad that trend died because no. Also, 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 remember how everybody would go get their ears pierced and then get them gauged. Oh, yeah. They'd put gauges in their lobes. Yeah. I was like, this looks painful. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. The, like, fingerless, like, arm gloves. They, like, <laughs> like if your arm. <laughs> the fingerless hand gloves, the band t-shirts. Honestly, every scene, emo, goth, every, like, that entire group of people, hot friggin' topic. And I, mm. Yeah. There were also the group of kids, the the cool kids, the cool kids, the rich kids who would, you knew they were rich because like everything they wore had the Hollister brand on it. Yeah. Oh my God. Hollister. <laughs> That's so true. I, can we talk about Hollister? Because I hated Hollister. You'd walk in and instantly get a headache. Yes. Whatever fragrance they used in there was heavy on incense. Whatever oh incense, they, it would give you a distinct headache. Hollister had it, Abercrombie and Fitch had it, and I could not, I couldn't stand it. And the clothes didn't, like, they were like a status symbol in high school, but mm-hmm. they were not good clothes. No. They were just not good clothes. <laughs> I remember that. Like, the, the, the kids who shopped at Hollister were there. Hollister. Like, the kids who couldn't afford Hollister would do American Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I guess work. Yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, I couldn't afford either, and I did Walmart. <laughs> I I did Walmart too. Look, remember, remember those shirts that were like long sleeves under short sleeves, and they were all the same shirt. <gasps> yes. I forget oh what they were called. I liked them. <laughs> now I look back, and I was like, wow, that was a choice. I'm glad that trend is dead now, though. So. Yes. So that concludes our talk about a high school. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this trip down memory lane. Be sure to find us on Twitter and Instagram at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, maybe your favorite high school movies or songs, anything you'd like to tell us. And 
on next week's episode we'll be talking about toxic masculinity until next time peace Thank you.